Welcome to Miss Jungle's Class, a podcast dedicated to the happenings of Miss Jungle's math class at Abraham Lincoln High School. Here you can get the latest updates on the course schedule for your class, along with a quick review of the content studied each week. For parents listening to the podcast, this is a great way to get updates on what's going on in your student's math class. We are dedicating this entire episode to the review of Honors Algebra 2 Unit 1, Recursive Formulas and Sequences. I'm Miss Jungle. Let's get started. So by student request, uh, I'm going to go over some of the topics that you should be thinking about for your Unit 1 test, which is on Tuesday, September 15th. Um, so one of the things you should definitely know how to do that was not covered on the last episode of the podcast is you should know how to take a look at a graph of a sequence and be able to write a formula for it. So for example, we remember that if I have an arithmetic sequence, then the graph looks like a line. Um, the dots are going to go up evenly every single time and form a line. Now if I have a geometric sequence, we notice that, that instead of a line, we had something that was a lot more curved. And so that was one way to graphically tell what whether something was a, a geometric or an arithmetic sequence. The other thing you might want to keep in mind with a geometric sequence is that if you're looking for the common ratio, you're going to want to take the second term and divide it by the first term or the third term and divided by the second term. A lot of students are making the mistake of taking the first term and dividing by the second term. What you're actually getting is the common quotient, um, and you can write it as divided by, but none of the multiple choice on your test are gonna write it that way. So if I were you, I would practice trying to write the common ratio, meaning that you are taking a look at what you multiply to get from one term to the next. So I would take the second term and divide it by the first term, or the third term and divide it by the second term, um, kind of work your way backwards to find that common ratio. Um, the other thing that I, we know is going to be on your unit test is that you're going to be able to hopefully apply this whole idea of a sequence to money or growth. Uh, so for example, what if each year you got a 5% raise? What would that look like as a recursive formula? And so we think about it like let's say for example you're starting off with a salary of $50,000 a year. Um, and each year you get a 5% raise. So that means that in the first year you would get the whole 100% of your $50,000 plus you'd get 5%. So typically when we write this as a uh, recursive formula, we say that u sub n is equal to, and then in parentheses, 1 plus 0 0.05, and then you close your parentheses, so that represents, the 1 represents the original amount you had, plus the 0 0.05 represents the amount you're getting raised, and then you will multiply that by u sub n minus 1, so I'll read it all at once, u sub n is equal to, in parentheses, 1 plus 0 0.05, times u sub n minus 1. Um, and then you'd obviously have the first term u sub 0 because you haven't worked for the company yet. u sub 0 would be $50,000. Um, and another reminder, remember if you don't have the first term of your sequence, of your formula, um, you're missing half the formula. You need to make sure you have the recursive component as well as where you start, so that first term. Um, so that might be what it looks like if you want to apply recursive sequences to money. Um, by popular demand, a lot of you wanted me to talk about this idea of a partial sum. Um, and so really this is one of those things where you can simply pull out the important information that you need and plug it into a formula. Now the good news is that you're going to be given this formula on your test. 
what you're not going to necessarily be given is how do you find the different pieces. Um, so for example, we know for a partial sum formula for an arithmetic sequence, there are three things that we need. N, which means the number of terms I'm adding up. So for example, if they say, hey, add up the first 20 terms, then N is equal to 20. Or if I get that little symbol, uh, S sub 6, that's saying, hey, add up the first six terms, which means N is 6. Uh, for an arithmetic partial sum, I also need the first term, and I also need the nth term, or the last term of all the ones that I'm adding up. And there are different ways that you can find that last term. Uh, personally, what I like to do is I like to put my recursive formula into my calculator and use the table to find the last term that I need. So again, if I'm adding up, let's say, the first 100 terms uh, for an arithmetic sequence, I'm going to need to know, one, that I have 100 terms, two, I'm going to need to know what the first term is, and three, I'm going to need to know what that last term or the 100th term is. Now, this is a little bit different when we talk about adding up a geometric partial sum. Um, so for, remember for a geometric sequence, I'm multiplying consistently by the same number every time. So when it comes to adding those things up, I need a different three things. The three things that you need for a geometric sequence partial sum is the common ratio. Um, and so for those, again, remember, if you've been doing the dividing, you're going to need to be able to find the common ratio. You're going to need to convert that into what you multiply by for your partial sum. So one thing I need is the common ratio. The second thing that I need is the number of terms I'm adding up, just like with arithmetic sequence. And the third thing I need is just that first term. Um, so notice between arithmetic and geometric, in both cases I need to know how many terms I'm adding up and I need to know what that first term is. The difference is with geometric sequence, I'm going to need that common ratio, whereas with an arithmetic sequence, I need the last term. Um, so that's where it gets a little bit different. So again, you're going to be given the formula, you're going to need to identify the parts you need for the formula. So make sure you practice finding common ratios for geometric sequences, and make sure you're able to identify the number of terms and the first term for every single kind of partial sum. If you're interested in finding any online practice, you could Google the words partial sum of sequences. And I'm sure you'll get tons of video, tons of practice problems. So if that's something you're struggling with, those are your great terms that you can Google. Now the last topic I'm going to talk about is probably the one the most of you have requested. And that's going to be this idea of a shifted geometric sequence. So a lot of you think of this as it's both geometric and arithmetic. But we remember that when mathematicians discuss this topic, they're talking about a shifted geometric sequence. Now when it comes to the application of this idea, we typically have two different kinds. We have this idea of a loan we have this idea of an investment. Um, now while these two concepts are very different, right? Um, if, if I have a loan, I'm starting off with a lot of money that I owe, and then I'm slowly paying it off but getting charged interest along the way. If I'm talking about an investment, I'm not starting with a ton of money, I'm actually starting with a little bit of money, and I'm trying to slowly grow that amount. Um, so that is where like the two scenarios are very different. But the good news is, is that the recursive formulas are almost identical. Um, so if you take a look at the recursive formulas for this, typically what we see is we see u sub n is equal to, and then in parentheses, you'll see this one plus, then you have your rate, 
divided by the number of times it's compounded. So for example, on your review sheet, we have um, an 8% annual rate that is compounded semi-annually or twice a year. So that first chunk of the formula will be in parentheses one plus 0 0.08 divided by two. So I'll always have that u sub n is equal to in parentheses the one plus the rate over the number of times compounded multiplied by u sub n minus one. This is true for both loans and investments. Now the last part of this recursive formula is where it's different. Okay, so for an investment, I am adding money to the account. So I'm going to have at the end plus the deposit or plus however much I put in every month or every week or two times a year, whatever the context of your problem is. But for a loan, I am going to subtract my debt. So the payment you can think of as subtracting the amount of money you owe. Um, so I'm going to read this off just straight with no explanation. You've got u sub n is equal to, in parentheses, 1 plus the rate divided by the number of times compounded times u sub n minus 1 plus the amount you deposit or minus the amount that you pay, depending upon whether you have an investment where I'm adding a deposit or a loan where I'm making a payment, also known as subtracting my debt. So that is going to be what your formula looks like for either one. Now, again, don't forget, you need to make sure you write that first term. Okay, so for example, if I take out a loan for $20,000, I need to make sure I write that U sub zero is 20000 If, for example, I say, hey, I'm going to put in $2,000 to start off my account for my investment, I need to make sure I write U sub sub zero is equal to 2000. So again, I'm going to repeat this over and over and over again. I don't want you losing silly points. When you write a recursive formula, you need to make sure you have the recursive component and the first term. Okay, so to wrap up this idea, I'm going to give you two examples. Let's say example number one, I have student loans. I take out $18,000 and every year they calculate my interest at 6.8%. And this is actually the current uh, student loan interest rate, especially for graduate course students. So I would, for my formula, write U sub zero is equal to $18,000. And then U sub n is equal to, in parentheses, one plus 0 0.068 times u sub n minus one, and let's say I make $500 payments a month, so minus $500, okay? So again, one more time, since it's a 6.8% annual rate, the number of times I'm compounding is just one, so I don't have to divide that 6.8% by anything. Now that would change if I, for example, had a semi-annual compounding or a monthly compounding. So again, student loan, $18,000, the 6.8% annual interest rate only compounded once a year. Let's say I'm making $500 payments. My formula would be in two parts. First part is U sub zero is equal to $18,000. Second part, U sub n is equal to, in parentheses, one plus 0 0.068 times U sub n minus one minus 500. Now, let's say, for example, instead I was turning uh, an investment in. I wanted to start an investment. Let's say I got a $5,000 signing bonus, but I wanted to kind of save that up, and I was given a 4.5% 
interest, annual interest rate compounded monthly. Okay, and you know, each month I decide I'm gonna put in $60 into my account. So my formula would be U sub zero is $5,000 since that's what I'm starting with from my account. And then U sub N is equal to, in parentheses, one plus .045 divided by 12, close my parentheses, times U sub N minus one plus 60. So that I've got that .045 divided by 12 because it's compounded monthly. And then I have plus 60 at the end because I'm adding $60 every single month. So those are two examples that you can kind of look at. Notice the formula sound almost the same. With the student loan, I was subtracting $500 because I was decreasing the amount I owed. But with the investment, I was adding $60 every month because I am adding to my account and hoping that over time it grows and I have more money. So that's what I've got so far for review. If you still have questions, please, 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 please feel free to either email me at missjungle at gmail.com. That's M-S-J-U-E-N-G-E-L at gmail.com. Or uh, I have office hours on Remind, so if you subscribe to those text messages, you can always respond and text me back during office hours. Okay? Um, and if you are looking to subscribe, you're going to text to the number 81010 in the message box. You'll put at the at symbol msjha2. Um, so that's another way that you can get a hold of me and get messages. Again, you'll text at msjha2 to the number 81010. Um, good luck studying this weekend. I really hope that you're spending this time working on your review packets, asking questions, texting with your classmates to make sure you can get everything ready for that big test on Tuesday. Good luck, everyone. This brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, music for the podcast was provided by Lee Rosevere. Our theme song is Archimedes by Jason Stazek. To suggest a topic or idea for the podcast, feel free to email me, Miss Jungle, at missjungle at gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Happy mathing!